Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Names of God. Names of God. Today, I want to talk to you about the name Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah. And people are like, what in the world is that? Well, we've been going through the scripture uh, and talking about different names that the Bible talks about that are the names of God. And I've said it every week uh, during this series. We all get nicknames. You may get a nickname uh, throughout your life, but your nickname does not represent who you are. It's just a nickname someone's given you. These are not nicknames. These names are not just names somebody gave God. These are who God is. It represents who he is. We talked about Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. We talked about Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. We talked about Jehovah, all different Jehovah. Jehovah Ra, which is he is our shepherd. We talked about all these different things. Today I want to talk to you about Jehovah Shama, which means this, the Lord is there. The Lord is there. In Ezekiel chapter 48, uh, in, in verse 35, it says, and now uh, the name of the, of the city from the time on the, will be the Lord is there. And the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. This is where they get that text in the, in the Hebrew. This is actually says Jehovah Shammah. Obviously in the Eng- English, we translate it into the Lord is there. This is Ezekiel speaking. Ezekiel's talking. This is the very last scripture in the book of Ezekiel. And here's what he's doing. He's talking about Jerusalem, a place to come in the, in the, in the ages when Jesus comes back and, and the return of God. He talks about the new Jerusalem. He says, and it will be named the Lord is there because he knows the presence of God will reside and be in that city. Well, here's what's cool about as we talk about this today. The Lord is here with us today. The Lord is there. Where? Here. Where? There. Where? Everywhere. The Lord is here. He is there. And so the cool thing about when we talk about the Lord is there, it's in every moment of my life, he's here. In every moment of my life, he's there. The Lord is there. In Psalms chapter 46 and verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in our trouble. He is ever-present. God is ever-present. He's omnipresent. He is a God that is always everywhere. Where? Over there. Where? Over there. Where? Over here everywhere. He is a God that is omnipresent. Not only all, all everywhere, but at all times. At any moment, God is here and he's there. A lot of times people that can be far from God or not know God, we can kind of get confused or get, get kind of scared like, oh, God's watching me. Oh. But that's not it at all. God is here. He's there. Why? Because he's a God that loves us and desires to care for us. And so he's always there. He's always there. I love it. And really where we get our text today, what I want to talk to you about in the really the chapter of Joshua, starting in verse 1, chapter 1, Joshua is taking over for Moses. Many of you know the story. The Israelites are in captivity in, the, in Egypt for very many for a long time, for over 400 years. They, they get freed from uh, Egypt, and they're living, and they end up wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. They're promised a promised land, a place of, of, of peace and of joy and of love that God had promised them from their ancestors ancestor Abraham, but they had not gotten there. They wandered around for 40 years. Moses passes away, and this is where we pick up in the scripture. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Pause. Go back for a second. Let's just talk about this for a second. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. I love that they share. The Bible is so specific. I love that they share that Joshua was Moses' assistant. 
I love that it doesn't say Joshua uh, the influencer. I love that it doesn't say Joshua the boss man. I love that it doesn't say Joshua the, 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 the mighty. No, it literally says Joshua the assistant. It shows us this, that God desires for us to know he is looking for a people that are willing to serve. They're willing to serve the greatest leaders of the, of the greatest servants. It's so important that we would learn this. And for those that are young, this isn't even part of my message. I'm just going to preach to you for a second. For those that are young, you can miss the season of serving because you're so wanting to be seen that you can miss what God is trying to do in your heart and shape your character. We can miss, hear me, hear me, hear me, because we are living in a generation that is desiring to be seen. We can want to be seen so much so that we can miss what God is trying to do in our character. And so what happens is then we get to the place of being seen and our character can't carry us. And so I love it. In the beginning, before we get anywhere near what Joshua was going to do, he says Joshua was an assistant. He was a servant. He was one that knew. I want to be a one that serves, that's not care, does not care about being seen, but one that serves and loves because I know this is who God is looking for on this planet because this is what Jesus did. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over uh, this Jordan, and you all this people into the land, and I am giving you, or giving them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness to Lebanon, as far as the great river, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea shall be your territory. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He's there. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. Very famous scripture, many of you know. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. He says it again. This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions of Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it day on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Verse 9. This is my command a third time. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord is there, Jehovah Shammah. Today I want to talk to you just for a very few things. I love this because he, he tells Joshua, I'm with you. He says, I'm, I'm going before you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake us. He says, be strong, be courageous. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so right here, I love this, in these nine verses, God shows us when we, he says the Lord is there. Well, where? He shows us where he is in these scriptures. And he's everywhere, but he shows us specifically in certain areas of our lives that he's there. And I want to show it to you uh, today. It says this, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, th therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, and you and all this people into the land, and I'm giving to the, I've given to them, to the people of Israel. He says, go. He says, I'm there. But he says, before he says that, he says, I want you to know. He says, I understand Moses has passed away. Now, in the biblical times, in the Old Testament, what they would do is they would take 30 days. 
of mourning in order to, when someone passed away, especially a great leader, they would take 30 days as a nation to mourn, and then they would start to do whatever they do. Well, this, many theologians believe this is during the mourning time. They're in that season of mourning. They're in that 30-day period, and Moses appears to, to Joshua, and he says, I want you to know my servant has passed away, but he says, but I want you to arise. This is what I know. The Lord is with us. Well, how is he with us? Where is he with us? He's with us in our sorrows. The Lord is with me in my sorrow. We serve a God, hear me, we serve a God who is a comforter. He comes to him in his season of, uh, of mourning and he says, I want you to know, one, I'm here. I'm coming to you to remind you that I'm here. Oftentimes we can all, everybody in this room, we've walked through hurt. We've walked through trauma or tragedy. And all of us, we get to a place where we say, okay, how do I handle this? We walk through something that we say, I don't know how I'm going to go on or whatever it may look like. We have to always remember the Lord is there. I have a friend just this past week, is in their, they're in their 20s, and him and his wife, and they have two children, and they're in their 20s, and literally, he's in the army, and he's in Germany, and his wife was at CrossFit, and she had a blood clot that hit her while she was at CrossFit, and literally, she passed away, just like that. Now, how do you respond to that? How is a, he loves Jesus. He, they love God. How do, as a Christian, how do you respond that your wife just passes away how do you respond as a friend and say okay this, what, this is what you're supposed to do here's what we can do I don't have the words but I do know one person who do, does have the words I can't comfort that but I do know one person who can and that is the Lord Almighty why because he's there the Lord is our comforter. I love it. In, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any, in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. We can walk through times and troubles and we can feel like no one knows what we're going through. And that happens. I've, I've, walk, I've walked with parents who've had parents, children who have passed away in the, in the time of men in ministry. And, and he, there's no words, there's no things you can do to make it feel better. Here's what it is. All you can do is say, I can point you to the one that I know can comfort you in all situations. Because he's the God of all comforting. Where is he? He's in, our, he's in my sorrow. We serve a God who is walking with us every day and he desires for us to know when we are walking through our trouble in a, a time of tragedy, whatever it may look like, that we can look to him because he's there. And I love it because he, when the, the Lord is there, Jehovah Shammah, really uh, right now on this earth, is the Holy Spirit is here. The Bible says that Jesus was ascending uh, to, to, to heaven and the Bible says that he says, stay and I'm going to send a helper. He says, and the helper will be the Holy Spirit. And really, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. The Holy Spirit is God on earth. Oftentimes, we can push the Holy Spirit aside, and we can look at God the Father, and we can look at Jesus the Son, and we can almost forget the importance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to work in us and walk with us, to help us and comfort us and hold us. Just like a friend, when you're walking through a hard time and you just want somebody to hold you a little bit, the Holy Spirit wants to come and just wrap his arms around us and say, hey, I got you. Let me, when you can't walk, let me carry you. Show it to you. John chapter 14 and verse 26, it says, But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will, will come 
He's, the Father is sending him. Why? So now the Holy Spirit is on this earth and he's omnipresent. So that means in my, in my sorrow, he can be meeting me in my needs. In your sorrow, he can be meeting you in your needs. In your sorrow, he can be meeting you in your needs. At all times, God can be meeting all of us at the same thing. Now here's what happened with Jesus. The Bible says he said, it's to my advantage that I go. Why? Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time and only help people in one area that he was in. The Holy Spirit is now omnipresent, God on earth. And so now it's to our advantage that he's here. Why? Because now he can comfort us in our time of need wherever we are. Does that make sense? The Lord is there. He's there in our sorrows. Joshua chapter, chapter 1 and verse 3 it says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you just as I have promised to Moses from the wilderness to Lebanon as far as the great river and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea uh, shall be your territory. He is in my sorrows but he's also in my steps. He's in my sorrows. God is, where is he? He's in my sorrows. Where is he? He's in my steps. The Bible says, he says, every place that your sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9, it says, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, we can read this scripture right here and we can think, oh, well, what does that mean? Like God's just trying to come and just change everything about my life. And oh, well, is God some controlling God that's trying to control me and not let me reach my dreams? I can have these dreams and plan all these dreams, but then God just comes and just says, no, don't do that. He's a controlling God. No, that's not what the scripture's saying. What the scripture's saying is this, dream. The Lord, it says the man plans his ways, a woman plans her ways. We plan our ways, dream big. But here's what we do. We don't hold on to our dreams like this. What we do is we hold on to our dreams like this. And so we say, God, I want to do this, but God, I want this to be you. And if it's not you, God, I want you to direct my steps because I know your ways are better than my ways. I know your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So God, I thought I was going to be doing this. So this is the dream. But God, if that's not you, here's what I want you to do. I want to be open-handed with my dreams. Why? Because I know you'll shift me. And then the dreams that you have for me will end up being better dreams than I have for myself. I love that the Lord directs my steps because I have dreams. I had dreams. I remember being a kid and my dream was to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Praise God he didn't make me do that. I hate the Cowboys. For those that are Cowboys fans, you still have to love me. Jesus says so. My bones wouldn't break. It would shatter. All throughout my life, I've had dreams, and then all of a sudden, God begins to shift that, and he begins to redirect. Why? Not because he's controlling me, but because he knows what's best for me. The Holy Spirit is here to help guide us. I love it. The Holy Spirit on this earth, John chapter 16 and verse 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is not controlling us. Oftentimes we get this picture, or we've seen the picture of the Holy Spirit, where it's this, uh, this uncontrollable thing that the Holy Spirit does, where we can't control ourselves, and it's like this crazy, ah, what's happening? No, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is like a dove who is, who is, who's gentle. And what the Holy Spirit does is he comes and he wants to direct Direct us and lead us into where, and the Bible says, into all truth, into where he's called us to be. Why? Because he knows his ways for us are better than our own ways. The Holy Spirit, he's here to advise us. He's a, he's a, a spiritual, incredible, the best advisor we could ever have. And I love it's Father's Day that we're talking about this because really, fathers are great advisors. If you have a good dad who loves Jesus, I would encourage you, listen to their advice. They, they, they hear from God. And I got an amen from all the dads, praise God. 
God speaks to your dads and God speaks to our fathers. Why? Because it's, it's just something he does. And so uh, listen to your godly advice that God's given you. If it's a man that's seeking God and lo loving God, you should want and desire to hear his advice. Because this is the father does for us. He advises us spiritually. And we, 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 I was looking online this week and there was some advice that dads were given. And I want to give you some, I want to show you some different pieces of advice dads gave. Here's some good dad advice. It says, my dad adamantly stated essential oils are used to fry onion rings, wings, and fried uh, french fries. All other oils are not essential. You got to listen. Let me tell you something. You got to listen to dad. He's smart. He's real. Let me tell you something. He's real smart. Once my dad came to my band show and didn't take any pictures, I asked him why, and he said, nobody wants to remember this. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You got to listen to dad's advice, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe you should pick up another hobby, you know what I'm saying? Praise God for dad. Let's go. Once my dad went to the grocery store and a cashier asked if you want the milk in the bag, he said, no, just leave it in the carton. <laughs> Cha-ching, you know what I'm saying? Next one, please. Thank you. When I was younger, I played softball and told my dad I was afraid to get hit. He said, responded, it's okay. We have insurance. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Just get hit. It's all good because we got insurance. We're going to get it taken care of. Praise God. When I was older, my dad admitted that he always threw the baseball right at my head. You learned how to catch real quick, didn't you? <laughs> You're going to learn. Let me tell you something. You're going to learn real quick if that's coming for your face. Praise God for dad. Just dropped Emily at eighth grade dance. Last thing I was, uh, that I said to her was, uh, if a boy tries to dance with you, punch him in the throat. I'm going to be completely 100% vulnerable with you. That's going to be me. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, okay, let's pray. Let's keep moving. My dad told me that if I ever wanted to nap during class to make it look like I'm praying so my teacher couldn't get mad at me. Let me tell you something. Dads are smart. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being, this is just funny, but here's the thing. Is, as, we, as we talk about how the Lord is there in my steps, we have to understand the Holy Spirit never gives us wrong advice. We all have probably had friends or relationships where we've gotten wrong advice and we're like, oh my gosh, what's happened? We've maybe listened to our own counsel, but the Holy Spirit will never give us wrong counsel. Why? Because he's God and he cares for us and he desires to lead us and to, 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 to get us to the place of where we understand who we are and whose we are. And so it's up to us to say, okay, I want to hear his voice, but then I don't want to just stop at hearing his voice. I want to listen into his counsel and his advice. I want to follow his voice where he's calling me to live. And this is in all areas. For those that are in school, this is uh, how you live your life in education and what you want to do next. For those of us that are, that are parents or becoming parents, this is us seeking God for counsel on how to raise our children. This is for those that are, are not married. You're seeking God on, on who to marry. This is for those that are single and you're trying to find a new job. This is for us to find way. It's all about us in every area of our lives. Where is he? He's there. He's in my steps, every step. And so I want to seek his guidance in every step that I take. So vital that we would understand this. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you are one. You are one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. He's in my sorrows. He's in my steps. But he also is in my strength. Jehovah Shammah. He's in my strength. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I love this scripture because it shows us the importance of the Holy Spirit in our inner being. The Bible says that when we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we're saved. 
The Bible says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead now dwells in us. When we accept Christ and we believe in Christ, the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. And the Holy Spirit now strengthens us from the inside out. The Holy Spirit is here, we, and we can pray, and I do it all the time. Lord, give me strength for this. Give me wisdom for this. Holy Spirit, help me. And why? He can encourage us and strengthen us in our time of need. If you look at Joshua, I love it. He says that, he says that no one will be able to stand against you. Now, this is an interesting thought because God knew that Joshua was not going to just not battle. He knew that he was going to have many battles. Joshua had tons of battles, but yet he didn't say, okay, I'm just going to let you live a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of whatever. He's, here's what he says. He says, I want you to know that no one will be able to stand against you no matter where you go or what you do. This is what I have to encourage you with today. We as a culture, as a society, we have to be very careful that we don't come across to the place of where we are weak Christians in our lives. And let me, let me explain that because you're like, what are you talking about being weak? Here's, here's what I believe. Uh, we've, we've put too much emphasis as a church body, I'm talking about as, as a whole in America, too much emphasis on what the enemy can do to us. The enemy cannot stand against you. That means anything the enemy brings against you can't stand against you. The Bible says that if he's for me, who can be against me? The Bible says greater is in me than he that is in the world. We've, gave, we've given too much power in our minds on what the enemy does and what the enemy can do to us. And so we live depleted or defeated. The enemy cannot stand against you. Why? Because the Lord is there. It's not because you're there. It's because the Lord is there. And so here's what I know. Whatever it is that we struggle with, we have to always go back to, okay, God is fighting with me. And I love it says, stand against you. It doesn't say fight against you. It says stand against you. Here's what I know. That means what I stand on matters. The foundation on what I'm standing on is going to dictate whether I fall or I stand strong. This is the question we have to ask ourselves as a culture. What is the foundation spiritually am I building my life on? What spiritual foundation am I building my children's life on? It's so important that we would understand the concept of, okay, I need to understand. God, the Bible says that on Christ the rock, the solid rock, I stand. He is the foundation on what we, which we stand. And if we stand on him, here's what's cool. If we stand on him, nothing can come against us. It doesn't mean you won't go through hard times. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we will be able to fight and we'll be able to stand. And I, here's the thing. Like we get this thought of this concept really spiritually with, with the enemy and like, let's say it's depression or it's lust or it's anger. It's these different things that we may walk through spiritually. And we almost feel like, oh, well, that's like a huge hurdle. Like, I don't, I don't think I can, I, I don't know. Like, I've been struggling with this for years. And, like, and here's, here's what happens. Instead of having the mindset of, like, I hope I can make it. Oh, let me run. It's this concept. Like, it should be the, pri the thought process as Christians. If we know no one can stand against us, if we know Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Father is there, then we know I don't have to walk around like, Is it gonna happen today? What's gonna What's gonna happen? Today? No, now I can walk with a little, a little, cause I know who's on my side. Now, now I can I can walk with the lip bite. You know what I'm saying? Mm, 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 mm. 
And if you want to flex a little bit for those that, you know, dads, you flex a lot. You know what I'm saying? Let me, let me just, you can just flex around a little bit. Us, us, us men, we, people aren't looking. We just like to see ourselves in the mirror sometimes. We might be a little bloated in certain areas, but it's all good. Here's the thing. When we know who's with us, we don't walk defeated. We walk standing tall because we know nothing can come against us because he is with us. I'm going to be 100% vulnerable with you for a second, and I'm not a big scary movie guy. People might like scary movies around here. I don't love scary movies. In fact, I don't even like like super intense movies. Like I get a little worked up like in my heart, like the heart starts racing and like, ah, I don't love it, okay? Here's what I do. I, no kidding. Like, I, w- w- you know how they get in the movies and like somebody's coming around the corner and you're like, it's about to happen. You stupid, you real stupid. You should not go upstairs. You went upstairs. You should not have went upstairs. You are so, nobody goes upstairs. And you see the person coming around the corner and you're like, oh no, it's about to happen. Here's what I do, okay? Here's, no joke, here's what I do. I, I, I get so worked up, I press mute. I mute it. Now here's what happens. Nothing scary, silent. If you don't believe me, next time you're watching something that's kind of scary, mute it and you're like, this is kind of funny. <laughs> like they're like. <laughs> it completely changes the game. Isn't it interesting? It's the same thing spiritually. You want to stand strong. You need to silence the voice of the enemy in your life. The enemy's voice is real big and his arms real small. If you silence the voice of the enemy, here's what happens. We don't get scared or worried. Here's what we know. We realize, okay, if I silence his voice, now I understand this. I'm not afraid of him. He's afraid of me. Why? Not because of something I've done, but because of who is with me. The Lord is there in my fight, in my battle, in my stand. This is the way we should stand as Christians. Not depleted, not defeated, not wondering, not, not cautious. No, we stand with chest bumped and ready to go. Why? Because we know who's with us. There's no fight we cannot win. There's no fight we can't win. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's so vital as Christians that we don't live this way. It's almost like we've given the enemy this authority in our lives, and the enemy has no authority in our lives. Why? Because you are a son or a daughter of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and no enemy can come against him. All you have to do is welcome him and say, God, I thank you that you're with me, and I thank you you're helping me stand on you, and because I'm standing on you, you're fighting with me and for me. Is this all right? Too intense? Cool. It's all good. He's with us. He's with us in our sorrows. He's with us in our our, uh, steps. He's with us in in our, our, uh, what did I say? With us in our steps. He's with us in our strength. Was the third one and the fourth one, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. He's in my sorrows, he's in my steps, he's in my strength, but he's also in my success. You know, we oftentimes look to God in an emergency. We oftentimes look to God in our struggle because we realize we can't handle it ourselves. And so we need an outside source greater than ourselves. And that's good, that's true. But we also should be looking to God in our successes. Why? 
because he is the one that has allowed us to be successful. He is the one that's blessed us with the success. Like, oh, you don't know what I've been doing. You don't know how hard I've worked. You don't know how long I've been in school. You, know, you don't understand. Here's what I do understand. I may not understand how hard you've worked, but I do know this. I do understand that as hard as you were working, he was there. I do understand, oh, you don't know how long I've been, I was in school. I went to school for 10 years. Yeah, I may not know how long you've been in school, but I do know that the Lord was there with you in your school. Oh, well, you don't know. I just, I've been, I was gifted with this creativity. Or I was gifted with this talent. You don't understand. I, I deserve, and here's what it is. Who gave you the gift? Who gave us the talent? Who gave us the opportunity to be able to learn and have education? Who gave, it all goes back to him. He was there in our struggles, and he is there in our struggles, but he also is there in our success. We should be, as Christians, we should be more looking to Christ in our success than we do in our struggle. Because as we understand that he is the one that has made us successful, he is the one that's blessed me. He's the one that's given me the job. He's the one that's given me the opportunity. He's the one that's given me the gift. He's the one that's done this. And so now when I look to him, it's not just in my emergency and my struggle. No, it's I want to be grateful with where I am and what I have because I understand he is the one that's given it all to me. There's no success. There's absolutely no success without Christ. Oh, what are you talking about? Like, there's a lot of people out there that like don't believe in God, but and, and like they they're still successful just because they don't believe in God doesn't mean God didn't already give them the gift to be able to do what they're called to do. Just because they're not using it to honor God doesn't mean it's not a God-given gift. And so I want to encourage you in your success, whatever that looks like for you, that you would always look to Him. Why? Because He's there. He was. He's there in every season and every step of our, of our lives. And so this is what we do. God, as we continue to be successful, we continue to give you honor. We continue to give you glory. And here's what happens. It keeps us from becoming prideful in who we think we are. It keeps us, here's what happens. It keeps us from becoming greedy and thinking we have to ha have everything for ourselves and allows us to be open-handed and saying, God, we know that you've blessed us and so we want to bless others around us. It allows us to continue to have the heart of Christ because we understand he was the one that has allowed me to be successful. He's the one that's given you the job. He's the one that opened the door for the opportunity. He's the one that's given you that education. He's the one that's given you that marriage. He's the one that's given you those children. It's all a gift from him. And here's what the scripture says. I love it, I love it, I love it. In uh, James chapter one and verse 17, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good thing that we have received is from him. And so here's what it is. We always go back to, we're grateful. God, we know you're there in our storms. We know you're there in our struggles. We know you're there with guiding us in our steps. We know you're there in our sorrows. But God, you're also here in our success. And so God, let us not forget you and our success, but God, let us look to you even more so. Let us call out to you even more. Let us be even more grateful. Let, us, let it turn into praise. Let it turn into worship because God, we know without you, we are nothing. He's with me in my success. Joshua chapter one, as we close today in verse eight, it says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Verse nine, it says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
I love this. He talks about keeping the word on his lips and then he goes into, listen, I want you to know I'll be with you. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And he's with us in our sorrows. He's with us in our steps. He's with us in our strength. He's with us in our success. But then ultimately, he's with us in every season. Wherever you go, he's there. The Bible says there's no mountain, there's no valley, there's no river, there's no depth, there's no sea. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He's always there. There's no greater, there's, there's no greater concept on this planet to know that we can never escape. We are never too far from his reach and his love. Now, we may say again, it may be, oh, God's watching me and God's scared and God's gonna, God doesn't like me and God's mad at me. And if that's the case, you have the wrong picture of the father. The father is not mad at us. He's not angry at us. It doesn't matter how far away you feel like you are from God. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've gone. We serve a God who is always in love with us and wanting to reach out to us, to help us, to carry us, to, 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 to guide us, to lead us, to take care of every season of our lives. And this is what's great about the God uh, that we serve. He's not just there in some seasons. He's not just there when things are going good. He's not just there when things are going bad. No, he is there in every season. He is is Jehovah Shammah. He is a God that is always there. In every moment, he's there. He's not just there every day. He's there every moment. When you're frustrated at work and, you, and you're getting all worked up and you don't know what to do. And all it takes is understanding and remembering God's with me. God is here in this moment. Here's what I need. God help me today. Holy Spirit, lead me today. If you're walking through something in your life and you're going through a hard time and you're going through a tragedy or depression or something in your life and you get so bogged, bogged down with the things on this earth, it only takes a moment to remember. He's here in my situation. He's here in my depression. He's here in my sorrows. He's not far where I have to try to find him. No, he's right here. We serve a God who's there. He's Jehovah Shammah. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know where and what season of life you're in. I don't know what you're believing for. Everybody in this room, we're all believing for something. We're believing for family members to come back to Christ. We're believing for, for healings in our bodies. We're believing for financial uh, help. or whatever. We're believing for all different things. Everybody's believing for something in this room. I want you to know he's there. He's there with that family member that is far from him. He's there in that situation financially where you don't know how you're going to get out of it. He's there in that situation in your schooling where you're like, I don't know what the next step is. And I'm, I'm kind of stressing out because it's coming to an end and I don't know what I'm going to do. I just want to encourage you. He's there. Because here's what I know. We serve a God that even though we may not feel him or see him in a moment, it doesn't mean he's not there. We oftentimes get so caught up emotionally in what we're feeling that we can forget spirituality has nothing to do with feelings. Here's what it is. It has to do with us trusting and believing. Okay, even though I don't feel something right now, I trust God's with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Oh, well, I haven't been to church in a while. And oh, I haven't been reading my Bible in a while. And oh, I haven't really prayed. And I just, I don't even know what I believe. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. It didn't say to Joshua, he didn't say to Joshua, listen, if you read the Bible every single day for the rest of your life, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. It doesn't say if you go to church every single week of your life, you'll ne he'll never leave you and never forsake you. He doesn't say, oh, if you pray every second of every day for the rest of your life, I'll never leave. No, he says, no matter what, I will never leave you. Or forsake you. I will always be there. Why? Because I'm Jehovah Shammah. I'm there. Where? There. 
Where's that? There. What about there? Here. There. Where? Everywhere. There. Where? I don't know. Where? There. I'm there. Where? I don't, I'm there. I'm like, where? But there. This is the God we serve. There's no moment in your life. You may not even know God. There's no moment in your life that God has not been there. He's a God that loves us. He's a God that desires. Oh my gosh, hear me today as we close. Oh, he's a God that desires the best for us. I love the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is here to help us in this walk that we call Christianity. And here's what I love about God is no matter where I go, what I do, he's here. He's here to help me, to lead me, to guide me, to encourage me, to strengthen me, to challenge me, to stand with me, to fight for me. He is a God that is always there. He's Jehovah Shammah. I want to encourage you as we close. Let's be a church. Let's be individuals that don't get so caught up in our everyday life that we can almost go throughout our world and our life and not even recognize and not even call out. and not even, We just let kind of the Holy Spirit just do His thing and we're kind of just doing our thing. No, inv- let's invite the Holy Spirit into every moment of our lives. Let's not wait. Hear me, how about this? Let's not wait until we need Him to invite Him. You know, the real close friends, the real close friends we have, they can come over whenever they want. The real close friends are the friends that, guess what? No matter what I got going on, no matter how busy I am, they're always welcome. See, for you and I, this is how our relationship with the Holy Spirit should be. That we're in such communication and such friendship with the Holy Spirit that he's always invited. That not one season or one area, one, bit, one type of business, no. He's always invited. Why? Because I know he's there. So if he's there, I want him here. And if he's here, I know if he's here, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm strengthened. I'm encouraged. I'm challenged. I know I want to invite him in every season. Why? Because I know who he is. And I know he's God, Jehovah, Shammah. Let us be a church. Oh, my goodness, let us be a church. There's always inviting him. Because we know he's here. Amen. Can we pray today, Father?